Welcome to The Working Therapist with Hayden Bolick, a podcast designed to help you grow more, do more, and be more as a therapist. The Working Therapist is an extension of the Pediatric Developmental Therapy Network. We're glad you've joined us for today's podcast. So here's your host, Hayden Bolick. Hey, everyone. Welcome to The Working Therapist. I'm Hayden Bullock. Your host with me is Kirstie Miles. She's the Vice President here at Pediatric Developmental Therapy. Also, Lyle Helke, who's a Senior Inside Sales Associate with Everlast Climbing. We're going to pick up where we left off with Part 2 of the Adoptive Climbing Walls from Everlast Climbing. Some of our people we see in therapy, you know, Kirstie, you can speak to that. Some of the maybe our little older kids, elementary age, that age, you know, a lot of times we're seeing in physical therapy, they're not coordinated, you know, they're not the athletes of the group, you know, and you can see it start as they get a little older, start to affect their self-esteem and stuff. And maybe some of the little people I've seen who have fluency problems, maybe problems with stuttering, they're not usually the stars of the class kind of thing. They might be, but sometimes not. And so I think with climbing, even in a therapy situation, you know, you would think with stuttering, gosh, with stuttering, we do so much with like breathing Mm -hmm. and pausing and there's so much of that that happens that you could completely use a climbing wall and then some of the metaphors you're talking about and use it globally in your therapy approach you know I think also building strength with the climbing wall too for some of those little kids who are just not very coordinated right Kirstie I mean I know sometimes an underlying motor problem happening but you know you can speak to that in a much more physical therapy term way usually if they're coordinated and athletic they're not really usually unless it's for an injury nine times out of ten but we'll even use it for the little kids like real little ones that are just learning to Mm -hmm. climb because if you take a child that in typical day-to-day environment they're climbing stairs couches furniture and there's very little safety awareness that goes with it so you take them to the climbing wall it's new it's novel you know it's something different and we can give them cues and kind of teach them some different things that you know the parent might not see at home right right you know, and, and again, on the social-emotional skill side, we haven't talked about that. This self-confidence we just talked about, learning that, believing you can do something, that whole self-efficacy thing. And, you know, by taking small steps, and because we believe it is such a level playing field for all kids, and we can find a measure of success one paddle at a time or maybe a half paddle at a time. And it also encourages, you know, the development of, you know, other Skills like courage, patience, knowing that maybe we try and we don't get it the first time, but we try again. Learning to cooperate, working together. We love having climbers pair together, one on the wall and one not on the wall, and working together and and cooperating together in terms of finding ways to be successful together. Uh, So we talked about positive risk-taking, stress management. We know that when we are encouraged to get physical and that whole area of the physical outlet, learning that, boy, by exercising, I can feel different. Maybe it's the endorphins that we spur as a result of the activity, but good in the area of stress management. Learning to take turns, learning to be aware of others and their needs, and just that whole part of being social and learning to be social and learning to communicate. Nice little mix there of social-emotional skills. And, you know, as we talk about kids' self-esteem and their social-emotional development and how that's so important and what we do as therapists, but also as educators, this wall is, y'all have created something that can be, and we'll get to the different types of walls in just a second, but they can really be used by everybody. We've talked through that. So as we talk about kids' social-emotional development, how that's so important as a therapist to be cognizant of that and, and also as educators to be cognizant of that and to, to facilitate and promote kids' social-emotional development and help and support them that way, 
you've got a product here that all kids can use. Talk a little bit about how you develop the different types of holds and, and then we'll get into the types of walls. Sure. So what we know is that we want that platform to really evidence what we say it does, and that is that it's there for all and success for all. And so what we created was literally a box of resources. When you see what comes with the package, you see the panels and you see boxes of handholds and other accessories as ordered. And so we've always been thoughtful about what can we do as we plan whatever new product it is, whatever new shape or handhold that will contribute to the toolbox of the users and for the facilitators in particular as they set the environment for success. And so you'll find handholds that are bigger and they're going to speak to the needs of the young person who needs maybe more stable support or something bigger to grab onto. We're also going to want to make sure that for that child who is more advanced that they have some ability to be challenged on that wall. Again, by choice. And so that is the unique part of the climbing wall. It is not you set it and that's what you get. This is about a dynamic environment that over time you can continue to change up, keep interesting, but meet the needs of all kids. So talk about like the different types for a second. Let's go there. Because Kirsty said, you know, about preschoolers. At first when we bought this, I thought, you know, what is the age for this thing? And the and really everybody. So talk about the different types. They're on the website. There's the preschool wall, and there's also a pool wall. That's very cool, by the way. So let's talk about the different types of walls. So, you know, we started with a basic standard wall, and from that mm-hmm. we built out. Walls are developed for age and stage. And so the preschool or our We Kids line mm-hmm. is really designed for the mm-hmm. pre-K environment, literally starting at age three and up. So that wall, you'll see a climbable space of five feet. All of our walls, traverse walls, come with what's called a red relief line. The red relief line is a squiggly red line that gets placed at an appropriate height for the age of the climber. In the preschool population, it's at two feet above the floor, at the most two feet six inches, depending on the matting. So that red relief line is a very tactile signal. When the climber feels it, it's made of the same material our handholds is made of. When they feel it, they know that that's as high as they can go because that's the signal there. That red relief line says, no feet above me. And so for that pre-K environment, two feet above the floor, two and a half at the most, they are not going to go above it, and their fall, if they were to fall, would be from two feet. So before we go on to the elementary wall, tell us a little bit about where have you seen the preschool wall used? Are they used in daycares, or are they more at parks, or homes? Like, what, where are you seeing this used? We're seeing it. Um, the home wall is becoming increasingly more and more popular, and so there are numbers of those going out into the home environments, preschool and, and preschool education environments, particularly, as well as the, the you know, the, the child care environments. So a nursery school, in many cases, we see some of our chains mm-hmm. picking them up, you know, where we have paid for care after school or you know, during the day, uh, more and more environments increasing gotcha. in, in, in those areas. I tell you what, I'd completely pick a daycare that had a cool climbing wall like this, because if they care enough to put a climbing wall like this in, they care enough to do a good job of taking care of my child. 
<laughs> I'm just saying. If I was a tour and I saw this, Absolutely. I'd be like, oh, Absolutely. yeah, hold up. Yeah. We're coming. We're going here. From speaking of someone with four kids who is a pretty critical <laughs> of daycares, I'm very I'm <laughs> pretty critical. Can you give us a success story or maybe how can you give us a anecdotal story? I think several come to mind, one of which is probably the one that is more the galvanizing, and that is a young child who was different from his peers in the sense of having added weight and getting on the wall and finding that measure of success we've talked about and stepping off the wall just with a squeal of delight and, you know, kind of, yes, you know, knowing that for the first time, didn't have to run fast to be successful, didn't have to throw the ball right <laughs> to be successful. I mm. just got on that wall and I found success by just having a couple of opportunities to go across. Right. And, you know, that just is a delightful image for me and, and uh, I'll remember it forever. That is awesome. I love it. You're right because, you know, usually kids who can run the fastest and throw the ball the best are the are the kids who get picked first for the team. I know we're talking about preschoolers here, but it, four-year-old kids pay attention and that's really important. That's awesome. I love it. Well, and I think starting from the preschool level, like Hayden, our goal everywhere we provide services is to inclusion. Like the, that's our ultimate goal is to mm -hmm. include children in mm -hmm. regular everyday activities. And so, so having something that mm -hmm. is what everybody else is doing. There are modifications in such a way, though, to not appear different. I know, you, Lyle, you talked about the holds with the grip bar. I know I'm not calling them by the right thing right now, but they're just mixed in. So if a child needed that, it doesn't call them out as being different at all. And the really the red, mm -hmm. yellow, and green holds, even though you've explained how it's easy, intermediate, mm -hmm. and advanced, just by looking at it, you can't tell. So at the elementary age, then you said at the preschool age, that line that you don't climb above, that's about two feet. At the elementary age, how high is that line? Three feet above the floor. And Three what feet. we did with the elementary population was began to expand out beyond a traditional climbing wall only to invite cross-curricular applications. Therefore, we created the dry erase wall sure. so you could write on the wall. We created the magnum wall that is a magnet accepting wall so we could do some math and literacy kinds of activities on the wall. And then we also began to think in terms of how do we differentiate it for that child who maybe by the fifth grade is really getting bored on the wall because they've been on it for a while and they're really good at it because they're going with their parents to the gym climbing. We created a relief feature wall that creates features in addition to handholds that add additional challenge. You can go to our website and take a look at that. There's a traditional re a relief mm -hmm. feature wall as well as a sandstone relief feature wall. Our first cross-curricular wall was our chalkboard discovery and that is a chalkboard with magnetic background and you know some schools really love it because it still incorporates use of chalk as well as climbing backdrop and so as you look at the varying walls whether it's a discovery dry erase or a discovery chalkboard or a relief feature or a magna wall it, they all provide some differentiation, whether it's curricular added or additional challenge. I love that blackboard wall. We don't have the blackboard wall at PDT just to 
for our purposes, but I think it's really pretty rocking. I love it. And then uh, also, if you check out the website, there's that pool wall. We can do it in the pool. And then also there's that clear climbing wall, which is, they're really cool to, so you should check those out. Yeah, Hayden, when are we getting our pool? Yeah, I don't know. As soon as, <laughs> <laughs> but I tell you what, if you had a pool, completely put one of those things in. That's So you climb out of the water, then you just like fall back into the water? Fall back in. Is that, they're usually arced you do. over the water. That's yeah. pretty. Yep. That is awesome. Yeah, they get onto the wall in the water. There's three feet of the first panel is underwater. So they start underwater and then climb up in increments. They're perchable in, in four foot increments. So four, eight, 12 or 16 foot high. And the opportunity there is to link them together. So you could have four, eight or 12 wide also. And again, just learning to have fun climbing, climb to the top and jump into a safe zone at the bottom of the pool. The other wall you described is our playground wall, which is a freestanding awesome. wall for the outdoors. And it's available in either clear or colored panels. And the idea, very much the same, climbing in the outdoor environment on both sides of the wall for activity. And the splash wall, by the way, the pool wall is available in a clear or a colored panel also. And so the panel typically on the outdoor playground wall is gray and we have a couple of different colors in the red and blue for the curse splash wall. You got to go look at that on the website. It is beautiful. And also the mural climbing wall is beautiful. Like the background is, looks fantastic. It really does. Um, again, in our clinic, we have the, our background. What is it called again? Our background, Kirsty, is the. We have the gray. Yes. It's like a. I don't remember so you, you have a it. standard wall yes. with the discovery plates, we, I would guess. Yes, yeah. that is what we have. And so we just, with adaptive holds. With adaptive holds. So basically, right. and we thought the discovery plates are the whiteboard plates. So so basically, just for the therapist out there listening, thinking about putting it up in your clinic, our wall is the standard wall, and then but the discovery plates are mixed throughout the wall so the child can climb to the whiteboard area or to so it mixes it up a little bit and you can move those around so it, it just doesn't have to stay the same way at all and it's really easy to move it around and then also the mats for safety purposes let's talk about that for a second the mats right. are attached to the wall wow can you talk about that it's, so it's very safe the and they're thick and all that yes right they're designed to provide two types of protection protrusion as well as fall zones so the mats literally fold up and lock off on the wall and they drop down and provide a safe fall zone. And very easy to lock, very easy to unlock, simple. That was one of the biggest draws for this climbing wall. That One of the features that I really liked about it when doing the research was that it does lock up in a way because we do have kids that might dart and run to different things. And to be able to kind of, when it's not in use, kind of take that distraction away. Absolutely. And I think space is important to talk about too. So in one of our clinics, this climbing wall is in a humongous gym. I mean, how the gym is, it's huge. Kirsty, what, I can't remember the square foot of our gym in Southern Pines, but it's humongous. It's humongous. And so it's there. But then in another gym that we have, it's a much smaller space. So the room is really only, the ceiling is only eight feet. And the room I'd say is, you know, it's no bigger than I'd say only like 20, 24 feet across. And, you know, it's, it's more standard. It's not that large of a gym or a space, but because this mat closes up against the wall, you know, it really doesn't take up any extra space. So I think it really, it can fit in, in a small or large space. It doesn't really matter. Right. Absolutely. And the mats are available in two inch, three inch thickness. If you're going to be in a high activity area, like a gym where kids could routinely run up against it when the mats are in the up position, three inch for maximum protection from the protruding handholds 
if you're in a very benign area, self-dedicated room where it's just going to be that kind of activity, two inches is very adequate. So you get to choose two-inch or three-inch mats. And again, as you pointed out, the walls can be built in whatever spatial opportunity you have. So they're in four-foot increments, 4, 8, 12, 16, 20-foot, whatever you have, uh, we can accommodate. And I think like in Southern Ponds, that wall has four panels, right, Kirsty? Four panels, and they're eight feet high? We do. Mm-hmm. Yep, and in, and and the smaller clinic we have four three panels that are eight feet high, and these also could go around a corner, right, Lyle? I mean, they don't have to just be flat against the wall. Correct. Actually, a really good opportunity there for additional weight and balance uh, focus. Yes, you can build into and out of a wall. We need to know that ahead of time because you have a special mat design for that, but you can definitely use a corner, and it adds, you know, some real neat challenge. What's the highest they can go? So when we move from the elementary, and and thank you for mentioning the mural wall, a very beautiful wall that has some theme designs, for example, a jungle theme or a space theme or an ocean scene, or we can do custom design for the customer's needs. But we move beyond the mural wall then as we think in terms of the next age group, the middle school population, we now move to a 10-foot high wall to accommodate the longer levers, the longer arms and legs. And there the red relief line goes up to 3 foot 6 inches. And again, we have the different platforms we describe, whether it's a standard or magna. In the middle school population, many times, we find that it's a really good environment for the relief features, the sandstone or the relief feature, because of the added challenge. Yeah, they're really pretty to look at, and they're cool for the kids. So for us in therapy and talking about just use a little bit, I want to start to wrap things up a little bit and talk about what's next Lyle, with you know Everlast Climbing and Playcore. So for Kirstie, for us, we've shown all of our therapists here how mm-hmm. to use the wall in terms of safety and that kind of thing. It's available for all of our therapists. We're a co-treat and collaborative kind of group, so that just works for us. I mean, we're using it with all of our little people in therapy. I don't think there's any child that we would exclude from using the wall, right? I mean, we're using it for everybody. We do use the wall for a large variety of children. We start with preschool children. I had already talked about, you know, climbing, working on different cues. When you're teaching stair mobility, they creep up the stairs, they creep down the stairs, they're facing the stairs. You're facing the wall when you're climbing the wall. So there's different concepts to kind of bring parents and educate parents about when we're doing the therapy. And a lot of what we do is educate parents. That's a lot of our role throughout the whole concept of providing services. Lyle, I loved what you said about the challenges because, I mean, isn't that just life in general? Every day there's an obstacle that you have to like climb over or go around or get through. Every single day something comes up. So teaching children at the level of a climbing wall, like, yeah, you can't do it today. How are we going to get there? What we do as therapists, we set goals. We set goals for children for a six-month time frame, for an annual time frame. We set goals from one session to the next. It's it's what we do. So when we're talking about the climbing wall, I think it's a perfect collaboration of services, whether it be with OT. Again, we talked about the handwriting. They can put something in their pocket. They can take it up, whether it's a magnet or, you know, Um, We've talked about using some reusable stickers on those whiteboards that they can take up. They can create a scene or they can get to 
again, have a goal. We want you to get to the Mm -hmm. third one. Can you put the cow on the board? Writing a letter, holding on, making the letter A, diving into cursive handwriting because it's way more fun when you're on the climbing wall. I mean, there's so many applications for therapy. To give just a couple of examples would really not do it justice because it all depends on the child and the goal that you're working on. It could be direction following. I want you to climb up and only use the yellow holds and get to the third panel. I want you to put this cow on that board right there. You know, there's so much that goes with it. I would do that with or without speech just because I can't just treat a child's motor skills. It's the whole child. Mm-hmm. Well, and it has to be fun. And I think this makes it fun. So even if you're working on hand strength, like you talk about OT and working on hand strength, if you're working, ultimate goal is like tying their shoes or handwriting or a lot of our kids come in and if you look at their hands, the muscles and the hands aren't developed. They're very low tone, very... Just... Some of our children haven't crawled because Exactly. Yeah. Some people told them that, hey, that doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. It really does. does. (laughs) You know, and so I think just using grip strength, I think, is key and so important. And a lot of times I think, you know, I see Mm -hmm. a lot of people kind of get into the, well, let's use some putty and then let's string some beads. And and as they develop those fine motor skills and that kind of thing, climbing on, what a better way to develop grip strength. And with this type of climbing wall, there's so many different holds that every child can, even at the very basic level, can be very successful. So you said stringing beads. So great. Take some little hooks and hangers and hang some beads up on the rocks where they got to get to the beads to then bring them down to the mats to string the beads. I mean, that's so much more purposeful (laughs) than like, let's sit at the table and string some beads together. Because yeah, exactly. And I think also speech, a lot of times where I see kids slumping over in the chair or they're laying on the table, their core strength is so weak. And so I think just get them on the climbing wall and sort of alert their body. Sometimes that's all it takes to sort of get so many more sounds or so many more words in a sentence and just, you know, alert and active and attentive to what's happening. Just climbing a little bit at the beginning of the session just helps kind of warm and rev their body up so that then they are they are able to sit up a little bit stronger and, and that kind of thing. If that they're not getting physical therapy to work on that, then that really starts to kind of maybe work in that direction. It's important as a speech therapist to not forget about the rest of the body from the neck down, (laughs) you know? So I just feel like this climbing wall just provides so many opportunities that we didn't have before. It's true. And Hayden, we've done other podcasts. We say, don't be a table speech therapist, be a hallway speech therapist, be a climbing wall (laughs) speech therapist, like get them moving. moving. When kids move, Mm -hmm. they talk. Mm -hmm. When kids move, they explore their environment. When kids are moving, they learn. Yes, yeah, 100%. And I think this type of wall does really allow for a collaborative, all types of disciplines to use that. Even, you know, if you're a speech therapist in a school and there's a, a this type of climbing wall, you know, this in the gym, if you're not sure how to use it, go first find out how to use it and make sure you're safe and know what you're doing with, with that. But really, it's pretty simple. And then use it. That's the easy thing to do. Or go into the gym class and have them do it. You could do a couple of kids just artic in gym in doing the climbing wall. You, a lot of therapists in the schools now are, you know, the five minute sort of blast sessions where they'll go and work on R for five minutes and then they'll sort of do that and then they'll go to the next child, the next child. You could do this in PE on the climbing wall so easy if the, because I could see this in the school systems and maybe you may not even realize it's there. 
So, um, so, cause Lyle, so tell us a little bit about what is next for Everlast Climbing? You know, what's on the horizon? What can we look forward to? Well, I think first and foremost, we listen and we are listening in the field. And if there are listeners who have ideas that you would like us to explore, we love that. That is what inspires so much of our new product development. If there are any ideas out there, we'd love to hear from you. We welcome those ideas and many times implement those into products that help others. How about sound? Have you all thought about putting any type of sound or noisemakers on the different holds as you, maybe for people who are visually impaired, a school for the blind? This is just a curiosity question, Lyle. That's a great question, and it's one that we've heard before. At this point, I will put it on the Mm -hmm. list. I think it's one that uh, makes a lot of sense. (laughs) Absolutely. You know how they have, like, uh, OTs are really into sensory boxes. And the thing about your climbing walls is there is so much tactile experience on the wall. But maybe, have you ever thought about doing, like, some hole cutouts where you have to, like, reach in and like feel the texture or something i love that oh that's a good i love idea. that well there you we're, go you're, you're on the list too kirstie <laughs> yep. we're on the list you know you talked about sensory environments and sensory rooms we're finding are becoming more and more at the call for in terms of mm-hmm. specially designed rooms that combine that range of stimuli to help children develop and engage their senses of all types and so you know that's certainly an area that we know that we fit into and then we're thinking about how in addition to what we currently offer. This has been great. I really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much and your insight. Boy, do you really know your product. You helped develop it, so I guess you do know it, right? I do. And, you know, we love our products (laughs) here, and, you know, I think we live our products here. And thank you so much for the opportunity both, and best wishes to you as you continue to serve our youth. And please keep in touch. There are ways in which we can work together. We'd love to do that. So thank you, Lyle and Kiersey, for this conversation today about these climbing walls. You can check out more information at everlastclimbing.com. It's a great website. So in our show notes from theworkingtherapist.com, check out the link to their website. And there's tons of pictures about kids on the different types of walls. You can really get to see the holds and the kids. There are great pictures up there. Check those out on theworkingtherapist.com. You can check this podcast out as well as all the other ones that we have done. Thanks for joining us today. And we'll catch you next time on another episode of The Working Therapist. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of The Working Therapist, an extension of the Pediatric Developmental Therapy Network. If you would like more information regarding this podcast or would like to get in touch with us for any reason, visit us on the web at www.pediatricdt.com. That's pediatricdt.com. 